2019 and to Resting Witch Face season two. Uh, sure. Your one stop yeah. <laughs> haunt still for all things spooky, bitchy, and more. I am Grant Jacoby. I am Bailey Bennett. And this is our podcast. This is our podcast. Here we are. Wow, revamped. Um, our first season was a quick 60 episodes. Yeah, just like a casual 14 <laughs> month season. Um, our second season will be really who knows how long. Um, as we kind of talked about, it's been a while. We we're yeah. we're finally back. But as we talked about in our Buffy episode, if you didn't listen to it, which is okay, we, I, we forgive I, you. I kind of understand. Um, but basically, we talked about the future of this podcast, and there are no huge changes happening or anything like that. We're just like we're revamping a little bit. We're tightening things up a little bit. And um, the major change is, as we've said, we're switching to an every other week episode for these main story episodes and then on the off weeks doing kind of a mini sewed grab bag grab bag type thing mm-hmm. that really seems grab like bag. it's going to be <laughs> anything we want. Um but today we this is a normal episode. Oh. Um how have you been? I have been good. I I think that um the I was really nervous about the month of January, like mm-hmm. segueing back into work post holidays, but it's been actually like not horrible. Yeah, I agree. It's been okay for me. I've been, I was off of, off alcohol and sugar for the month of January, and honestly, I'm thriving. Wow. Yeah, I took. I only skipped one day when my company went out for um, karaoke together, and Aww. I was like, I will absolutely not be doing this sober. <laughs> so I did have a few drinks, and I did perform Love on Top with all of the key oh changes as expected. What a what a solid little humble brag <laughs> just thrown in there. Like, don't worry, I hit every single note. I hit, hit the whistle tone. Yeah, I mean, like to be honest, the last key change I wasn't expecting. I did think we were done. <laughs> And I barely got there. Um, some would say if I looked back on it, if there were, say, a video, it might have just been like a kind of, you know, pig squeal kind of yeah, scream. Yeah, she shriek. But in the moment, into the void. it was stunning. Um, I'm sure it was. And if it makes you feel any better, coming from someone who has seen Beyonce live, don't worry, she's immaculate. Uh, she did not even sing every key change. Oh, my God. Okay. The, the last couple, she uh, just like pointed the microphone out at the audience, which I've always wondered, does that actually amplify sound? Like when absolutely not. Oh, I'm pretty oh, okay. sure it's I think it would be like, absolutely. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure it's just like an indication of like, okay, you may sing no, now. Your turn. <laughs> I'm done. Um, Great. So I am Beyonce. This yes. is a wonderful way to start Beyonce, the second season. Beyonce Bennett. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah. So one of the things that we were kind of talking about in terms of streamlining, don't worry, we won't start every episode just explaining things to you like this. Uh, but we kind of wanted to get to the story quicker. Yeah. And a way that we thought of doing that was doing a singular badass bitch of the week, one mm-hmm. we could kind of like more or less mutually agree on. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not to say that we could not think of enough enough amazing women yeah, and sometimes so men out there who we deem worthy of being the badass bitch of the week, but um, we just felt like... We want to give you the spooky stuff yeah, faster, just, and it, sometimes it feels like we're like 20 minutes into the episode and still haven't started on the actual story. Um 
so you know it's sorry about that but we still of course want to highlight these women exactly and just have that one each week who really gets to stand on a pedestal and uh. and own it. Yeah, you don't need to, you know, swipe through an Instagram to find the photo. That photo of that person's just like right there. That's right. In front when in we when on those select weeks when we actually decide to share a photo of the badass pitch, which You um, know what? If you would like to be our intern. <laughs> not to drag ourselves, but um yeah. Um, um so I guess yeah, since I'm doing the main story this week, yes. Grant will be introducing the badass bitch. Um, our badass bitch of the week is none other than the one and only Casey Musgraves. Mm-hmm. Um, long overdue, I would say. Long, very long overdue. Um, if any of you out there are country music fans, uh, that's great. If you're not, <laughs> um, like me, well, well, I wouldn't say I'm not a country music fan. I, I would say I'm not a country music fan. I I dabble in the dark arts of country music. I have one like super quick anecdote I need to tell right now, which oh. is that when I was <laughs> when I was like maybe twelve, I was very very into country music. Were like, you really Kenny Chesney all the way? And I remember having this like notebook that mm-hmm. you like filled out different pages and I was like very precious about it and I wouldn't put something on a page if I didn't think it was like for life and there was this page <laughs> which, which was like a design your own t-shirt page and there was like a cutout of a t-shirt and you were supposed to design something on it and I left it blank for so long because I was like I cannot commit and then finally I decided on I love country music for Shut the t-shirt up. design Shut because up. in the moment I decided I would never be too old for that t-shirt. And here we are. Oh my God. <laughs> well, coming full circle. Uh, yeah, so if you're like Bailey and you mm-hmm. have an I Love Country music shirt yep. that you wear under all of your other clothes, That's right. Um, you already know who Casey Musgraves is. If you don't, she is a wonderfully talented LGBT icon. Mm-hmm. Um, in her al- album, Golden Hour, if you haven't heard it, it's really, really delightful. Um, I, we've mentioned before on the podcast when we talked about uh, the Ariana Grande album Sweetener, like a, a great album that you can put on and listen from start to finish with no bad songs. You don't really need to skip anything. And mm-hmm. I've, I, especially at work when I have like a long project to work on where, you know, a lot of my job sometimes is data entry. And mm-hmm. I need something that like keeps me from jumping out my office window. Sure. Um, I would say that her, that, that is one album that I really, really love. And as I mentioned, she loves the gays, like fucking loves Amazing. the gays. Um, as we do. Yes. She was recently a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm. Full on. She had like a whip and Amazing. a bump it. And. Yes. Um, bump it. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. um, I can picture it so perfectly. Yeah. She's, she's a, a true, true, true queen. Um, yeah. We, I would have to say that like I truthfully. I feel like because of the the country music experience mm-hmm. I had as a child have been a little bit hesitant to listen to her because I'm like, I'm just like country music is not my thing anymore. That's yeah. not who I am. But I think that she is, I've heard so much about her and so many people talk about her. And I think she's doing a really good job of like bridging that gap yes. between the genres. Yes. And like, I've, I saw her on a bunch of like, 2018 best of list and like yeah. the number one spot yeah. on like pitchfork or stereo yeah. gum like these these like indie music loving sites that would like never give a country music artist the time of day i think she's she's like really championing and and doing something different with mm-hmm. that genre which i really love and i i definitely want to want to spend some time checking her out yeah i could not say that better myself um <laughs> yeah i think that her music especially this most recent album golden hour it's um, it's like basically like pop songs so with a country twang mm-hmm. and 
just like really covering a lot of kind of universal topics um, that feel very applicable, but also feel like they're all cohesive. Um, it's just a really great album. Good like crossover. Again, like if, if you're like me who can appreciate good country music, but not the like, grab another beer and load up my truck and I love America. My wife is my sister. You know, like you don't want that kind of that kind of country music. It's not that. There's no yeehaw, guns, guns a-blazing, oh patriotic nonsense. Um, it's, uh, it's, a <laughs> it's really, really special. Well, now that we've offended... All of middle America. All of middle America. <laughs> Sorry, just kidding, you guys. I know you're not married to your yeah. sister's only cousin. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's... Um, okay, well, I, before we get, before Billy gets to the main story, mm-hmm. I have a, hey, that scared the shit out of me. Um, Amazing. Um, we were, oh, we were going to say, like, we did, so we did a series of polls on our Instagram stories. Oh, like yeah. We said we were going to, um, to kind of get your guys' opinion on what you'd like to see in the minisodes and what you'd like to see in, in regular episodes. And very overwhelmingly, you guys were saying that you would like to hear more stories from our listeners um, which we definitely would love to do. So please, if you have a ghost story or you have a connection to a murder or any kind of spooky story or a weird dream or like whatever it is, we'd love to hear about it. So send those to rwfpodcast.gmail.com or DM them to us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I would also say like, if you sent us a story like a while ago and we never read it out on the podcast, like, like send if, it yeah, again. if you don't mind sending it again, like we, again, don't have an intern or anyone looking at these besides ourselves. So some of them definitely fly under the radar, well, um, but also, we're going to make a bigger effort. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what I realize is kind of hard is that on Instagram, if you open a DM, you can't then like mark it as red. I know. It's very, so, and because both of us are on the account, sometimes yes. like one of us will look at it mm-hmm. and then the other person will never see it or yep. like... So it's just it's just tough. Really, so. it's really hard. It's so, um, you feel for us. It's very hard. Anyway, I'm sorry. Please, please go on with your okay. story. <laughs> so the story is from Katie. Um, so I work as a security slash nighttime attendant at an apartment building. It's 24 stories and one of the oldest buildings in the city. I'm not sure what city she's talking about. Okay. One night I'm sitting here when the phone rings about 3 a.m. and I answer, "Hello, this is um, this is the front desk. How can I help you?" The voice on the other end sounded female, but was totally garbled, and only a bit of it I could make out was 23rd floor. Mm -hmm. The person that went said 23rd floor. I tried to tell the person I couldn't understand them and asked what apartment they were in, but again, garbled response and 23rd floor. Mm -hmm. After the third time of trying to understand them and the same response, I said since I couldn't understand them, I'd come up to meet them. um, I'd come up and that they should meet me in the hallway. Or just like don't leave your desk. Yeah, or maybe just be like, listen. Get your shit together Listen, and tell me what's are up. you a ghost? Because I'm not falling for this. Uh, so I go to the main elevators and both are up on the, surprise, 23rd floor. Mm-mm, no. Luckily, <laughs> we have an older service elevator and it's only on the seventh floor, so I call it down. I get to it and hit the, the button for the 23rd, but it won't move and the inner door won't close. <gasps> so I go to unlock the reset panel and boom, we start going up. Door still open. What? Well, it's like a freight elevator. You know, like those oh ones that like, they, it's not like a traditional one with the doors closed. It's usually like a gate or like. Like that terrifying one in the haunting of Hill House. Nothing like that. Maybe. <laughs> Just like that. Okay. Um, oh, I'm freaking out and the elevator is shaking because it goes up pretty fast and is old. I'd also like to say that like, I'm just like my place of work has a elevator very similar to this where it's like, there's an elevator like operator and like the sliding like, oh gate. God. And so this is like giving me some. PTSD of every day of my working life. Um, As I'm I'm going up, I just stay towards the back and I finally reach floor 23. 
I step out, the door closes just fine, and I look around the hallway. There's nobody around. I walk along, slowly trying to listen for anyone who might have called, but there's nothing. So now I head to the opposite direction and go towards where the regular elevators are. And when I get to them, they're just sitting there with their doors open. Oh my god. I was pretty freaked out, but I knew it could just be the elevators and the fritz. So I get the, so I get in and figure I'll just reset them when I go to floor one when I hear the sound of the back stairwell closing. Mm-mm. So oh. I quickly get out and go to the stairwell, and lo and behold, no one's there. But the maintenance door to the machine room is ajar, and at the time, I'm the only one with the building with a key. I hope you're following this, because there's, there's, there's a lot of stairs and elevators and doors. Um, at the top of the building is a large machine room housing all the really, really loud machinery and that stuff in the building, and that does stuff in the building, and allows access to the roof. I don't like going in it because it's creepy as fuck, <laughs> and no one ever goes there. So at this point, I'm seriously freaked out, but I muster up and head in. Oh, my God. I shout, hello, and there's no response. The lights in the room flicker because they're shitty fluorescent, and I, can't, and I can't see well either. But at the end of the room, I can make out the roof access door, and sure as shit, it's slightly open. Oh, my God. Like, good fucking bye. Just when I would like just like be like, <laughs> yeah, fuck, two weeks notice, I'd be like, not, I don't need this job. <laughs> so I slowly continue forward, checking the space in between each machine as I walk by, and there's no one there. So I open the, access, the roof access door. I can't see anyone ahead of me on the roof, but there's a slight wraparound. And if there was a jumper or something, I need to be sure. So I step out and leave the door ajar like this. Oh, God. Almost immediately, the door is pulled shut. No, 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 no. Holy shit. This, like, isn't real. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Um, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't, I can't speak for Bailey, but even if you're going to send us, like, a creepy pasta, I'm not mad. Yeah, Because <laughs> shit like this is awesome. Almost immediately, the door is pulled shut. I just said that. Now, I might have written it off as the wind or something, but the store is It was hard to shut and hard to open. Really hard. I'd immediately grab the handle and yank it open, slam it behind me, and run for the maintenance door, as you should. It automatically locks when it's closed, so I slam it shut too and go back to the 23rd floor hallway, get into the elevator. The doors are still open. That's, like, actually maybe the creepiest part, that the elevators are just sitting there with the doors open. I hate elevators. Me too. Like, fuck that. I mean, they're very convenient, but, like... Yeah. The one in my building one time just, like dropped 10 floors and that is truly my worst nightmare that is some straight up hollywood tower terror shit yes thank um, you so much for bringing up disney world you're so welcome um uh so they go into the the elevator on the 23rd floor and go all the way down to the first floor i go back to the main lobby and as soon as i sit down the phone rings i pick it up don't say a word and sure as hell the gar- there's a garbled voice on the other line audibly only saying 23rd floor I hung up the phone, turned the ringer off, and spent the rest of the evening just staring at the parking garage security monitor. Oh, my God. Um, there's a bunch of creepy things that happen in this building. It's basically like the Overlook Hotel at night. I walked past I walked past a dark room here on the first floor and swore I saw myself standing inside it. Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I read this last paragraph because bye. Okay. Oh, that's some, like, astral projection. Oh, my God. Shit. Um, the next night as I'm inside said room cleaning, the lights flip off and I turn around and see a quick flash of myself walking past. Uh, I, I literally, my chills just ran down my entire body. That is, that is a straight up glitch in the matrix. Holy that shit. That is a straight up, like something went horribly awry. Oh my God. Um, that's the end of the story. Wow. That was so good. Oh my God. So, um, if you're a security guard or work some, in some sort of capacity like that and you have more stories of being or like, yeah, if you work in any sort of hospitality, yeah, you have horrifying stories of working late at night, please send them because that shit is 
Sorry. terrifying do you remember that other one that we read of the girl who worked yeah. in the hotel and there was a That's man just like creeping like, under the on desk, all fours like, just like hey oh like that, that story is gross that is a gross story the real heroes of our country like the people who work the night shift at hotels that are possibly haunted or like people who work the night shift or the weekend shift. in general <laughs> like, honestly you're the real heroes thank you, thank you for your service wow i love that yeah again like, no need to top that, but, like, why don't you try and send us an email no, <laughs> or a DM? Yeah, please. Uh, we, good, bad, whatever. Let us, you just send us a story and we'll deem if it's good enough to be read. Exactly. I'm kidding. But actually, we really do want to hear your stories because, you know, as fun as it is to research, you know, these main stories that most people know or there's a plethora of information for, about it's really nice hearing something straight from the horse's mouth of like exactly. hey like this is my hometown ghost and like this was my experience with it mm-hmm. like that's the kind of shit that I live for yeah and I just like I love the feeling of being like we're fucking not alone like there's no, no way that this many people have had experiences they can't explain and we're just gonna we can't just like ignore that you know no, we will ignore and it we, will we won't ignore it anymore <laughs> We won't be silenced. No. So I'm going to be telling the story this week. I have a fun one for us. Okay. And by fun, I mean horrifying. Great. Those are synonymous in my book. Obviously. Um, so like many stories that we've done before, this one is ha- is another story that has been made into a movie. Which oh. We love. We do. Um, and it was this, – this film was subsequently sold as being based on true events, obviously. Mm-hmm. So have you seen or heard of – Airbud. It is Airbud. I knew it. I knew the true story of Airbud. <laughs> that vanilla pudding scene is terrifying. <laughs> um, have you seen or heard of, of the 2017 Spanish language film Veronica? I actually have not. Really? No. Okay, so it was it was released on Netflix also okay. in that year. Um, and it generated a lot of buzz from people saying that it was, quote, the scariest movie of all time. What? Why haven't I heard of this? Which, like, it's, I'm pretty sure it's not. Uh, again, like, clearly I haven't seen the film because, first of all, I'm, like, kind of too scared. And second of all, it sounds like they didn't really try to make it, like, true to the actual events. Okay. So there wouldn't be any point in watching it and being like, this is what actually gotcha. happened. But, like, it, it's supposedly a very good, a good movie. Um, but... Um, so I'm not going to really tell you the plot of the film right now because it will obviously give away some of the events that happened. But instead, I took a deeper dive into the story behind the film, which is infamously known as the Vieques case. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but, you know, what else is new? You know, it wouldn't be the start of a new season of Wrestling Witch Face without Bailey telling a story where she cannot <laughs> pronounce half the words. You can't either. No, of course not. But the first one, didn't you do La Voisin or whatever oh it was? Oh God, yes, you're That so was the right. first app ever was wow. like, here you go, general public. I hope you enjoy us but- butchering the sounds of the French language. Remember when we used to talk about witches on this podcast? No. I love that. Um, it's spelled V-A-L-L-E-C-A-S. So like Vallecas. But it's Spanish, so I'm not good at that. I didn't take Spanish, so I'm not. I'm actually of no help. Okay, great. So, okay, this is one of those cases that seems like almost too insane and terrifying to be true. You know, so it's like my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) At first, I was honestly like a bit skeptical when I was doing the research because. It initially struck me as kind of an Amityville horror situation where it's 
The story has been ingrained in this culture for a long time and I think has over the years begun to probably warp and become more extreme than it was, or at least that's kind of how it seemed to me when I started researching it. Um, and there, and okay, so there is, there is a chance that the case is not like entirely true, but um, the crazy thing about this story is that it was actually documented in a police report and in a 911 call. Oh, because in fact, as was said by um, Paco Plaza, who is the director of the film Veronica, he said this story was quote, the only time a police officer has said he has witnessed something paranormal and it's written in a report with an official police stamp. Wow. So like this is like one of the only cases of an, an a police investigator going in and recording his experience with par paranormal activity. I have to ask, I mm -hmm. don't know if we've covered this ever before. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on 911 calls? Like hearing 911 calls? Oh, okay. Um, I... I think they're really hard to listen to. I can't listen to them. Yeah, because uh, I, because either, especially when we're talking about like a murder case where the, we don't, where it's like possible that the person who's calling might have been the murderer and they're lying, like that's horrible. But then it's also horrible when it's just like, a per, like the most raw version of a person's like fear and like confusion and like not knowing what to do. I just, I don't find like the... I mean, I'm fascinated by it, but I don't mm -hmm. get enjoyment out of really hearing it. Yeah, I would say, like, I I don't mind the... I See, I, I don't mind the former. Like, the like the Patsy Ramsey 911 call or, mm -hmm. like, the uh, Michael Peterson 911 call. Those, I think, are just, like, psychologically fascinating because it's like, okay... Yeah. It's Especially when you're in a did-they-or-didn't-they scenario, it's almost like you're hearing someone acting. So it's like... Or you mm -hmm. potentially are hearing someone acting. So... I find that fascinating. The ones that I can't do are there was there was one that was like floating around the internet probably back when we were in high school of like it was like click here and here like this woman's um it was like a woman who would call nine one call nine one one and then you like hear her get murdered. Oh my god! Like that's the kind of shit that I'm like, please no. stay so far away from me. Absolutely not. Did I listen to it? Yes. Was it horrifying? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> who great. knows if it's true? But also, who knows if it's true? Right. I I would say yeah. I've heard the Michael Peterson nine one one call more times than I could count. But other than that, it's not, not my favorite pastime. Like, oh, the, the, the stairs, <laughs> yeah. the blood. He's like, what? Uh, 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 yes. How many, how many stairs? Uh, 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 I don't know. The stairs. Uh, uh, there, she, the stairs. She fell down them and uh, uh, what? Uh, let me go check. <sighs> like shuffling around the house. Anyway. Um, that's like not super applicable here. I did not listen to the 911 call in this situation. Um, but a lot of the observations I'm going to be telling you about this case are actually taken from that police report and by and who, so clearly by someone who is an eyewitness to a lot of the events. Right. So I found a few great sources for this story, including an article in Newsweek by Andrew Whalen, a story in the Paranormal Scholar by an author named Eric, just said Eric. Um, but <laughs> just one, like Madonna, just like one name. <laughs> that's right. Um, but one that was really helpful was this article on ghosttheory.com, which is run by this guy named Xavier Ortega, who is apparently based in Brooklyn and has just been covering all things creepy on his website since 2008. So like, oh. me, me, Stan. Um, My old neighbor. Yeah, check him out because he really made my life a lot easier with this story. The ghost theory? Ghosttheory.com. Um, but again, there are like some differing reports and timelines on this case. So take everything that you read about it 
take everything that you read about it with a grain of salt because like for instance on ghost3.com it said this took place in 1990 but it actually happened in 1992 which i verified with some other resources so just saying i'm sorry xavier i'm sure you're doing a great job but that's close better better that than like it said 1990 but it was actually like 1942 right um so anyway maybe i could actually tell you the story now maybe so on the night of November 27th, 1992, the police station in Vallecas, Madrid. I feel like that was very beautifully said. Yeah, that, that was gorgeous. <laughs> wow, that just Thank fell you. right out of your mouth. Wow. Um, received a late call from a frantic couple. The small town police station was completely unprepared for what they would hear on the other end. A man named Maximo Gutierrez claimed that he and his wife were experiencing strange happenings inside of their condominium at a nearby street address, even claiming that they were being visited and stalked by tall, shadowy figures inside their home. So they were terrified and screaming on the phone, like gasping for help. And though, and although they were somewhat confused, um, the police station and inspector Jose Negri took the case and quickly assembled a small squad of officers to visit the home with him. He believed that they would be helping to deal with possible intruders inside this household because, like, what else would you think when people are like, there are shadowy figures in my home? Yeah. Um, There's a lot of dementors, like, in my house. (laughs) That's right. Um, However, what they actually found was something much more perplexing. So the police arrived at Luis Marin Street, um, house number eight, which was a tall residential building. Out on the street, they met with Maximo and Concepcion Gutierrez and some of their other family members who were all standing outside in the cold because they were too scared to go back inside their house. So the police made their way inside to look for possible intruders, but um, they found only a cold and eerie silence on the inside. There were no signs of forced entry on the windows or the door, and there was no one inside that could have explained who they were seeing. So the couple then told police that they had been haunted by loud banging noises and doors slamming at all hours of the day. Other family members backed up these claims, also telling officers that crucifixes that were hung in the home would frequently rotate on their own and hang upside down. While the officers were initially dismissive of their claims, their attention was sparked when Mr. Gutierrez described these ominous shadowy beings that both he and his wife swore they had seen walking around their home. They described them as tall shadows that walked past the hallways and peered through doorways at them, which, like, dear God, is horrifying to me. Um, Mr. Gutierrez even recounted an experience, or Mrs. Gutierrez recounted an experience when she had been grabbed in the middle of the night by a pair of invisible hands. Quote, I felt pressure on top of me, but there was no one around. I said to Mr. Gutierrez, there's someone here. I then felt a pair of hands grab my feet and then Mm. grab my hand, which were uncovered by the blanket. So I don't like it. Uh, The officers still weren't entirely sure what they were meant to do or see in this situation because like normally you're not like calling the police on a spirit Obviously, yeah, usually not. But I, I think hard to they obviously did not know what to do. Um, but as the couple were so distraught, Inspector Negri wanted to do what he could to help them. So he ordered a few of his men to stay in the living room with Mrs. Gutierrez while he and two other officers went with Mr. Gutierrez into the master bedroom. Once they were in the room, they stood there talking when they suddenly heard a loud bang come from outside on the bedroom's small balcony. Then they heard what almost sounded like a heavy boulder rolling across the balcony's tile floor outside. 
when they frantically opened the door that led to the balcony to investigate the source of the noise, they obviously saw nothing. There were no signs of anything unusual that the men could identify as possibly making that noise. They then went back into the living room to ask their fellow officers and Mrs. Gutierrez if they had, had heard or seen anything strange, but none of them had heard the loud banging or rolling that had just happened in the next room. Um, however, one of the officers was at that moment standing near a large pine armoire when one of his partners yelled duck because one of the doors of this heavy armoire swung open completely on its own, barely missing the officer as he ducked out of the way. Oh. It, this, this all sounds fake, but there are like photos and obviously a police report. Like, just stay with me. I, I'm with you. <laughs> Great. I'm here. In disbelief, the nervous officers in the room drew their guns and nervously pointed them towards the inanimate furniture. However, there was obviously nobody else near the furniture, no one inside of the armoire who could have opened the door. And a preliminary inspection showed them that there were no like strings or any kind of tricks attached to it that someone could have opened it without mm -hmm. using their hands. Um so in complete disbelief and terror, two of the officers actually left the home and decided to wait outside in the cold rather than remain inside of this apartment <laughs> with all of these mysterious things happening. But Negri and two of the other officers stayed behind in the house. So at this point, the spooked group sat. <laughs> I wrote that. I wrote the spooked group. <laughs> this podcast will hear by only be known as the spooked group. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, so they sat down together in the dining room to talk, and Mr. and Mrs. Gutierrez then divulged some unbelievable information about their young daughter, Estefania. Oh. So Estefania is becomes uh, Veronica. Okay, I was, I was going to say, film. when does Veronica come in? <laughs> She's here. She is here. So um, a few years before the events of that night in 1990, uh, things began to go awry when Conception's father passed away. He was apparently a real dick. Oh, just great. Like, a, like yeah, at first I was reading it and I was like, oh, this is like, a, it starts off sad with like all of the family, like mourning the death of the father. And it's like, no, no, he was like horrible. Um, he was like a very cruel and vengeful person. And although I can only substantiate this from one source, whatever, we don't care. He supposedly called Estefania to his deathbed and whispered in her ear, if I cannot harm you in this life, I will do it in the next one. What? Yeah. Why would you say that? Right? It's to, frankly, his, to his granddaughter. Yeah, to his granddaughter. Frankly, Ugh. a horrible thing to say to your to your granddaughter who's like a teenager. But it is kind of like a really cool thing to say to your enemies while you're like cackling your way to hell, don't you think? Yeah, like <laughs> basically like you're not you're not getting rid of me that easy, you yeah, fuckers. Exactly. So, you know, like it's, Well, it's it's like what um uh Lavinia Fisher yes. said before she was hanged was yes. like if you have if you have some like any message for hell, give it to me and I'll deliver it. Oh my god, something I like that. I love that. So you know, we stand hell. Just kidding. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you're kidding. <laughs> this moment was supposedly the beginning of a terrifying spiral for the then 18 year old Estefania. So a few months later, one of Estefania's best friends' boyfriends tragically passed away in a motorcycle accident. Because Estefania was kind of interested in the occult. Um, we understand. They began. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> You've heard my week. I'm just here story. to talk about country music. Okay, right. I don't right. like. When does when does that come in? <laughs> so sorry. Um. So they. So they. The girls began 
discussing how they might still be able to contact him after his death, um, which is like giving me hereditary vibes. And I uh. don't, I'm not a fan. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the film, yeah, wait, what? <laughs> but it's fucking terrifying. I feel um, like that because that movie has just, maybe because it's award season. And well, first of all, the fact that it's being ignored for award season I makes know. me want to pull my hair out. And it was, it. I'm sorry. It was nominated for a Critics' Choice Award in the Best Horror Movie category and lost to A Quiet Place. That's really fucked up. And I really hate that horror movies are ignored. I guess Get Out got the mm-hmm. recognition it deserved. Mm-hmm. But like, I think that the performance, I mean, I think we can all agree that yes. Tony Collette gave one of, if not the best performance in film last year. Yes. And it's really criminal that she's getting overlooked for it. I'd also say that I think that people have been talking about that a lot and also because, or about her getting snubbed for awards and also um, because the, uh, I think it just came out on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. So yes. I feel like people are now watching it for the first time. Mm-hmm. I need to see it again. I kind of never want to watch it again. I think now that I, but the thing is, okay, so we watched it in theaters. Obviously. I bet there are a bunch of things that we missed. We missed, and also it'd be nice to watch, like, maybe during the day, mm-hmm. you know, you can pause it and, like, yeah. have a snack. Or you You're can, right. like, go to the bathroom and, like, not be, like, literally gripping. Yeah your seat in fear because you're like, holy fucking shit. What is happening to me and my brain? Exactly. Coming through my eyeballs. I mean, like I would recommend everyone who's listening to watch it, but it was a lot to watch in a theater because you could not escape. No. Um, anyway, it's fine. So in hereditary fashion, they're like, let's really play with fire and like talk to this guy now that he's died. So eventually the two girls and another friend decided to initiate a seance using a Ouija board to try to contact the young man. Um, And they set it up in like some hidden dark room somewhere at school. Great. Love that. (laughs) Skipping biology for a seance. We are on board. So we're not sure how far the girls got into the session before they were interrupted by a teacher at the school. Some accounts say that this was a Catholic school and that the teacher was a nun, but I think this might just be something that's, that's what happens in the trailer. Like that's what happens Mm. in the film. So Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's the case, but nevertheless, she was incredibly upset by seeing the girls performing this ritual to the point where she actually destroyed the board that they were using and additionally, the girls have been using like a water glass as a planchette, which is like mm-hmm. the thing that you put your fingers on. Um, and the teacher lifted that up and smashed the glass. And the girls say that they saw a grayish vapor emanate from the glass and that Estefania inhaled it into her body. Whoops. So, yeah. So from this moment like, on. <laughs> and this was the first jewel. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like... Again, is it the most believable thing? No. Do I care? No. Absolutely not. So from this moment on, Estefania's physical and mental health began to deteriorate. So according to her family's testimonies, it started with her seeing illusions, which would sometimes be of these strange silhouetted people inside of their house that she claimed were stalking her. She also started experiencing terrifying convulsions that were seizure-like in nature. (laughs) Caesar-salad-like in nature. (laughs) One time, her her body became extremely rigid and her eyes turned white. And apparently, during these episodes, she would foam at the mouth. And um, and Estefania began hearing 
disembodied voices and would sometimes go into fits of wild rage, snarling and barking at her younger siblings. Are you sure she just wasn't a dog to begin with? Oh my God, this whole time she's been a German shepherd. Uh, Damn it. (laughs) On one occasion, she's said to have actually attacked one of her family members violently and then blacked out afterwards having no memory of doing any of this. So her mother and father became desperate um, and started taking her to all of these different hospitals and specialists over the course of six months, but none of them could figure out anything that was actually biologically wrong with her. Um, While some of the symptoms that Estefania displayed seemed to suggest epilepsy, none of the doctors she visited were able to offer an actual definitive diagnosis on this. As epilepsy is notoriously difficult to diagnose and treat, it is possible that a mistake was made here and that that's what she was suffering from. However, even if she was suffering from epilepsy, it's still almost impossible to tell why this condition would have developed just like suddenly at this point in her life. I don't really know how this disease works. I don't know if that's something that happens, but I feel like I've it's usually like something that people have from a young age. I don't I know. truly, I have no idea. Right. But also like the condition would explain some of her symptoms, but not everything, right. obviously. Um, ultimately, experts explained Estefania's condition as a psychotic breakdown. Others, however, maintained that her grandfather had somehow cursed her with his dying breath or that she may have awoken him or another sinister spirit during that makeshift seance. I don't like this. I really don't like, like, the grandfather aspect is really creeping me out. Right? Like, I hate that. Because even, okay, even in Hereditary, I feel like the grandmother was really not that relevant. She just was kind of, like... I know, it ended up that she really wasn't. She just was kind of, like, the catalyst for Mm -hmm. these events. Like, her death was, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they kind of like unearthed these things as opposed to, mm-hmm. yeah, something about the grandfather to granddaughter relationship is yeah, very odd and yeah, unsettling. It's like, although like in some ways it's the in some ways the thought of it being just a random spirit that decided to target her is almost scarier in some ways but it also is like what is the vendetta that he has against yeah. her maybe there's there's clearly you know some information that we don't know who knows but he's a real dick so tragically there was really nothing that anyone could do for estefania her torment continued for months with increasing severity until in august of 1991 she confessed that the dark figures she had been seeing were quote beckoning her to come to them She was taken to a hospital, and within days, 19-year-old Estefania died under strange circumstances. So this is way before the events at the beginning of the story with the the demon armoire. two years before. Oh, shit. Or one year before. She dies, and there's no cause of death. It's just like a mysterious death. And this obviously actually happened. This woman Mm -hmm. passed away. Um, So... However, there was little time for her family to actually grieve as they almost immediately began experiencing the phenomena that we heard about at the beginning of the story. So uh, (laughs) I feel like this is where it gets really questionable. But supposedly, within days of her death, the family began to hear strange knocking noises from Estefania's unoccupied bedroom. Upon opening the door, her mother once discovered that all of Estefania's belongings had been scattered around the room. The following night, an old man's laughter was heard reverberating through the hallway of their home. Oh, Grandpa. <laughs> One last good time. Um, 
They also noted disembodied voices and extreme temperature changes in Estefania's bathroom, which they eventually stopped using altogether. One of Estefania's brothers. <laughs> we don't need yeah, it. Yeah, good, good old haunted bathroom. We'll deal with one half bath. One of, <laughs> one of Estefania's brothers was said to be pushed or thrown by an unseen force while inside of the home. And Estefania's sister even describes how they, mm, I hate this. They had seen a dark figure glued to the floor, dragging itself towards them. Does that make you want to die? Because it makes me want to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's glued, how is it moving? I think it's like it can't get up off of the floor, oh. but it can drag itself along towards you. Okay. It's like that terrible alien episode of Buffy that we talked about on our last oh, episode. Oh, listening to fear? Yeah, where it's just like hanging out in like a corner and like dripping goose. Ugh. Goose? Goose. It's just dripping goose. <laughs> it's dripping goose. It's damn dripping geese. Oh, God. Okay. On the night that the police were called to the home and heard the story of Estefania, the strange occurrences continued. So as they sat in the dining room, they began to hear loud bangs coming from Estefania's bedroom. Even the officers were immediately terrified. So Maximo, her father, led the way to his late daughter's bedroom. There they saw a crucifix laying in the middle of the floor, and Maximo pointed to the nail on the wall from which the crucifix had apparently been hanging for years. Apparently, the officers saw that one of Estefania's posters had been clawed at and partially shredded while still hanging on the wall. The inspector signaled to his men to check the other door in the bedroom that led to a balcony. It was locked, and there was no one outside or anywhere near Estefania's bedroom. As the men examined the room, a loud pounding noise continued to echo through the room, but they were never, never able to find a source of that noise. Incredibly... Conception soon noted that a photograph of her daughter had actually fallen off the table and ignited in fire. Mm. Um, the frame was left completely untouched and the glass was had not a scratch or a crack on it, but the actual photograph inside was singed with flames. Mm. And I know this sounds fake, but there's a fucking picture of the burned photograph. Oh, wow. And it looks real to me. Damn. I will show it to you after. Cool. Um, they even found a brownish reddish goo on some of the Gutierrez furniture, which no one knew how to explain, which is some real Amityville horror shit. Yeah, that is, that is some Amityville horror goose. Some goose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Do you remember it? Did you ever watch that Power Rangers special or should I just stop where I am right now? (laughs) Uh, which one? (laughs) Power Rangers special where they like... There, there was like the slime that was like turning people into zombies. It was like the original um, Mighty Morphin. Probably because I was a huge fan. Like definitely okay. wanted to be the Pink Power Ranger. So of course you did. Don't I love that about that. you. Um, great. So I'm thinking about the like Teenage Mutant, Mutant Ninja Turtles live action film sequel, like Secret of the Ooze. Oh my God! Yes. Yeah. That was another uh, one. Great. Um. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> In his own words, here is how Inspector Negri described the night in his police report. These are just like some excerpts. He said, we were found amidst... Also, this is translated from Spanish. Yes, I I, I was about to say. (laughs) We were found amidst a rare and mysterious situation that being seated in the company of all the family, we could hear and observe a perfectly closed cabinet door, something which we verified afterwards opened suddenly in a completely unnatural way. This started a series of suspicious events that were witnessed by the chief inspector and the three other police officers present. 
While still in a state of shock, a powerful noise came from the terrace where we could prove there was no one present. The suspicious events then increased in quantity and severity, taking the investigation up to an unexpected level. Moments later, they could hear and see that on the tablecloth on a small telephone table, there appeared a brown stain, which the chief inspector identified as drool. From what? Why is it brown? I don't know, and I hate it. Oh, that's the worst part. During the search of the rooms of the home, the phenomena which we have been referencing were observed. A wooden crucifix rotated and was ripped ripped off the wall. One of the daughters picked up the crucifix from the floor and attached it behind the door of the room. Suddenly and strangely, three scratch marks appeared next to the cross. Mm. Apparently. So... After this night, while the family attempted to bring in other mediums and experts to try to cleanse the home, one of whom was supposedly possessed by the spirit of the grandfather while he was there. Great. Shocker. Um, Nothing seemed to work. So eventually, Maximo and Conception felt that they had no choice but to move out of their home. Um, And once they did, the terror and the tragedy that they'd been experiencing finally stopped, and they were able to mourn their daughter's death in peace. To this day, no other strange events have been reported inside of that home, and no one is able to explain the phenomena that did go on there for all of those years. However, wow. like I said, this is this story is like a huge legend in Spain was turned into this film. It's something that people will believe till their dying day. Um, and it is it is crazy just how much of it was like was documented by the police and i mean a lot of the facts are hard to ignore like no one can explain why this girl died at age 19 so i'm I'm looking up the uh the movie do we know how it holds up to the original story so i think it it follows the, the same plot of like um this girl they do the Ouija board thing with her friends. It gets interrupted by a nun who works at their school. And she like immediately becomes like in, I think in the, in the film, the entire timeline is like three days. Mm. Whereas obviously the real Estefania was tormented by this for months. Right. Um, But it's kind of like she becomes immediately possessed. And then she, I think in the story, her father is dead and the mother it is like a nurse that works all night. So she's kind of the person who's who takes care of all of her siblings who are younger. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it takes place in the house with her trying to protect her siblings while being like simultaneously haunted and possessed by the spirit. And I'm pretty sure it also ends with her dying in the film. Gotcha. So it doesn't have the follow-up timeline of like police coming and the parents. I'm not sure. I'm like, like, tell me what happens in this movie you haven't seen. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't seen it, but I did watch the trailer. It looks it looks very scary. It's supposed to be really good. It's the same director who did the um REC yes. franchise. Is that a, is that how you call it? Or it's Rec? Rec? I, I mean don't I, I mean it I think it's like record. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't seen those either, but they me are either. supposed to be very good and very scary. So wow. that's the real story. That's that's creepy. It's it's really crazy, and it's like... Is that the first possession story we've done? I guess it's not really like... It wasn't truly a possession, but yeah. I've told you before, possession stories really creep me out. Like, the real story behind, like, um, the exorcism of Emily Rose. I was going to say, I've, I I've, been, I've been waiting to do that one. Ooh. Speaking of not 911 tapes, but have you heard, the, like, the tapes of her while she's... um. Yes, that, I've heard that is some, some of it. really I've, fucked up shit. It's so bad. And I... I, I, I like... Ugh. 
I really hate those stories where it's like, even if there was never actually any possession or any spirits involved or anything like that, a young woman like deteriorated and died. Oh, and why exactly. did that happen? No, and that's that's a really good point. Ooh. Um beyond just the actual like spooky stuff. Right. Like this is still a um very disturbing scenario. <laughs> yeah. Well I, I just I I I can't imagine being in the place of her parents where they're just like seeing this happen to their daughter and like no matter who they try to get to help her, there's just like nothing they can do. And I, the, mm-hmm. like that feeling of being so helpless and not being able to to save your child is I think like the most tragic part of this for sure. It is. Um, uh. But you know, a fun one. Yeah. So uh, in true RWF fashion, we'll still be closing out these episodes with complaints. Absolutely. Because like, of course, we have to. We have to. So much you can complain about here in the dawn of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a weird complaint. Great. But I feel like I need to speak my truth. Please do. And my truth is that I kind of wish, well, I'll start off by saying this. Like, this is a no judgment zone. And by no, 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 I know, it's, no. It's a complete judgment yeah. zone. <laughs> so I don't know how much porn you watch. Okay. Uh-huh. But as someone who as a male and men are known to watch porn, like I think that I, I really wish that there was some sort of warning or like a, mm. like a description mm-hmm. before you start watching a porn of like, what are the sex acts you're going to see in this porn? Because on the one hand, like there are times where like, I'll like waste my time watching a porn. I'm like, cool. Nothing interesting happened in that. And then there are other ones where like, I would like a little bit of a heads up before a fist, <gasps> a full fist goes into any orifice. Oh my God. Wow. Or if, someone's getting peed on. Wow. Okay, sure. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I feel like the implication Not is- because I want to see that. Sorry, let me clarify. Not because I'm like, right. yes. Right. Quite but the like, opposite. I think the implication is that like, since you're watching porn, you're okay with anything. Exactly. Well, and the thing is like, I don't like, I don't know who like pays their porn these days, but like, usually you're going through like these kind of like weird like sites or like, well, rip Tumblr. But uh-huh. um, where- like, unless you're seeking out a certain fetish, which also, <laughs> side note, like, I I mean, this hasn't happened in a long time, but, like, I mean, I don't know if this is, this actually is interesting, it could be a potential interesting discourse of between, like, a straight to gay sort of thing. Like, uh-huh. have, like, guys ever, like, asked you, like, like, ooh, like, what's, like, the dirtiest thing you're into? Or, like... Guys have, like, I've had, like, one guy ask me about porn. And I was like, mm, we're done talking. Well, because <laughs> I, because I, what I find is interesting is, like, I, like, in the times where someone's been, like, oh, like... Like what's like the like the freakiest shit you're into? I'm always kind of like uh, sex. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like uh, we could like change positions. Right. Like, um, but so because of that, like I like consider myself, I may be on the more vanilla side in terms mm-hmm. of things. But like, I have no like no judgment. Like if you want to do that, or if like that gets you going, like and you're watching two consensual adults, or uh-huh. like if it's a scenario where you are you are two consensual adults, have at it. Like right. that's your business, not my problem. But like if I'm watching porn for the purpose of you know what people watch porn for Uh i don't need to see something that is truly that shocking yeah i wonder it's almost like there should be like a rating system for porn which is like they're obviously all like x-rated but like i'm honestly yeah give me like pg stuff or or just like again be like in this video you will see like a trigger warning as opposed to like and then it's like i'm not like going to like fistmedaddy.com and i'm like oh my god how could this be happening Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I love that we're talking about this. Yeah, it's, um, it's, <laughs> what, that we're talking about fisting? Then we're talking about, yeah, all of this. I, yeah, I, 
I will say that for for me, like I'm, I really need like a storyline. I need like three mm. seasons of a build up before I see two characters have sex. So like I'm, I'm actually, I don't do like straight porn. Like I really like watching the like, L word. sex scenes from. <laughs> you know, I love the L word. Um, like sex scenes from shows and yeah. films and stuff like that. Um, but but like yeah, when I went to go see Disobedience, which was that mm. that film with Rachel Weisz and Rachel McAdams. Mm-hmm. Where Rich McAdams is in like a Hasidic Jewish community, um, there's a part where they not to spoil anything, but they like go to a hotel room to have sex, and there it's just an explicit scene where they are just spitting in each other's mouths. Um, oh, really? Yeah, like just straight up, just dude, like back and forth, just back and forth. That's disgusting. Yeah, and and then like I guess that is a thing, but I was not prepared. Um, for the saliva exchange of Ugh. that nature. So, yeah. anyway, I loved this Any conversation. Way, what, what do you have to complain about? I literally want to complain about... <laughs> this is so tame in comparison to... Good, what I'm glad. Happened. Please, let's reel, reel it back okay, in. Okay, great. So, you know, when you see someone that you kind of know and you don't know how to interact with them, mm-hmm. or it's more like seeing people that you haven't seen in a really long time and trying to decide if you should say something or not. Yep. And this has like kept happening to me recently. Like I think, I think I was home for Thanksgiving break and I was, Oh, you think you were? (laughs) I'm just trying to remember when it happened. I think it was when I was home. I'm just fucking (laughs) for Thanksgiving break. Kyle and I were like out at this cafe that I used to go to all the time in high school and like he had never been there and we were like going there to have lunch and I saw a girl that I went to high school with that I was like best friends with freshman year Mm -hmm. and like by senior year we had completely drifted apart Mm -hmm. and then like seven more years passed or eight more years Jesus Christ um and I just didn't say anything to her I just ignored her being there and Kyle and I just like sat at another part of the cafe and mm-hmm. then we left and I was like whatever fine and I like went home and I was like oh mom like I saw this person and she was like oh how is she and I was like I didn't say anything to her <laughs> and she was like oh my god you were such good friends with her I can't believe you ignored her and it's like I get that it is like a little bit of a bitchy thing to do but also I think I just have this anxiety that people aren't going to remember me, aren't mm-hmm. going to remember my name, or it's just going to be like this weird, like small talk thing where you're just like, oh my God, like, how are you? And you're that's, like, that's exactly what's going to happen. It's just like, what are you going to say? Like, I live in New York. Like I do this thing. Like it's going to be a weird, awkward two minute conversation. And for my first instinct is always just like, look down, ha- pretend your headphones are in, like pretend mm-hmm. you're listening to something and just like, don't just don't acknowledge the person, which is that bad? Uh, if it is, then we're both bad. Like I, <laughs> I think it depends on the person too. It does, and I think it depends on the scenario. If you're walking by them on the street, or if it's you know the second or third time you've maybe seen them around, mm-hmm. or I guess like think about like maybe this way, like which would be more uncomfortable, not saying something mm-hmm. or saying something? Right. I think it's like if they clearly saw you and you you can't just like continue yeah. to ignore them. That's one thing. But if if it's if you're like neither of us have looked at each other or acknowledged this, like. Let's just move on with our lives. Yeah, it takes two to tango. And and if that person you run into wants to say hi, they obviously are capable of doing that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's my complaint this week. That's a good one. That's that's one I think everyone can relate to. That yeah. kind of like, ugh. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well. Here we go. 
and there have and there was another time recently where I saw someone um when I was at work who was I was close friends with in high school I hadn't seen them for a long time and and I like said hi and it was it was not it was lovely it was like good mm-hmm. to see them but you just never know so if you want to ignore people that you used to love do it if you want to ignore people you. that you still love <laughs> just ignore everyone don't talk to anyone there you go um you're so welcome for this advice thank you so much for listening yeah be sure to rate review and subscribe mm-hmm. um you can send us your spooky stories at rwf podcast mm-hmm. at gmail.com or at rwf podcast on instagram and twitter and you know just um i there was nowhere great that sentence did not have an end wow yeah. what a powerful way to wow. end this wouldn't have it any other way bye, bye bitches, bitches.